Beware the Astro Zombies. They mutilate, they torture, they kill. Spine-tingling horror, unspeakable shock. We stay here, we are going to die. Of excitement. John Richards and Andy Gilly are talking everything and anything horror movies. Welcome to the Horrorphoria podcast. It's Friday, May 24th, episode number 13. I'm John Richards. And Andy Gilly. Oh, boy. Episode 13. Not Friday the 13th, but... Still, well, thirteenth kind of our uh, our theme today. So. Yeah, well, well, we'll get into that. But uh, <laughs> I also want to say a huge thank you. Uh, I just saw this huge growth on our Facebook page at Horrorphoria, mm-hmm. and yeah, uh, we've we've gotten a lot of likes. We have, I think, almost five hundred now. So uh, we're uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely, thank you to all those people that have liked our Facebook page, and uh, hopefully, you're listening to us uh, on the podcast as well. Absolutely. So I would suggest not only that, go to horrorphoria.com and uh, share it with your friends, especially if you're a horror movie fan. We'd love to get by next week. I know this is a lofty goal, but to mm-hmm. get to a thousand likes on our Facebook page, that'd, that'd be, be cool. a lot of fun. That would be cool. Yeah, uh, go to facebook.com slash horrorphoria and you can like the page. We try to uh, keep you up to date on horror movie news and uh, if, uh, I don't know, I posted some other horror related stuff on there I recently. saw what you put today. Yeah, I thought Not that was safe for funny. work. Not safe for work, but it, <laughs> it was funny. I thought. So. I, I was rolling when I got up this morning, so that that was all Andy right there. Uh, horror movie news. What horror we got movie news. Alright, some trailers came out this week. We have them on the Facebook page, which you just mentioned. Uh, make sure you subscribe to that. Like we said, new, new Child's Play trailer has more uh, looks at Chucky. He's wielding a knife, has glowing red eyes. Uh, Bright Burn, the supervillain take on Superman, had the final tra- trailer uh, come out this week uh, before it was released last night. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go check that out. I almost went to see it actually last night. I was going to maybe talk about it today, but I, I didn't get a chance I, to check Karina it out. Karina and I have her son. Yeah. So if I could sneak out, because I, I, you put that trailer up and I'm just like, yeah. wow. Yeah. I should have called you last night. Maybe we could have snuck out together and gone to see it. Uh, Sarah has no interest in seeing it. She's not a, <laughs> it's not a, not a superhero movie fan. So, uh, are you thinking about can- canceling your HBO Now subscription since uh, Game of Thrones came disappointingly to an end? Uh, you might want to hold off on that. Bloomhouse's Halloween will be available tomorrow. Uh, that'd really? be May 25th on the streaming service. Tomorrow? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think I think I already own it on Amazon Video on Demand. But uh, yes, HBO Now. Halloween, Bloomhouse Halloween, the one we just talked about, both really liked it. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow on the streaming service. Uh, Shudder renewed Last Drive with Joe Bob Briggs. I love this show. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you've seen it yet. I haven't but, got a chance uh, to watch it. If you haven't, you got to check it out. Uh, Joe Bob does great deep dive on some uh, obscure horror movies, some not so obscure sometimes too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw one he did for A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night a couple weeks ago. It's fantastic. It looks good. Yeah, it's, it's a great show. Uh, he's... Still as entertaining as he was back in the 90s on the USA Network, if you ever caught a show on there. I did. Uh, so you, there'll be more of him on Shutter coming out uh, soon. Uh, Brightburn was, is out, as I said today. Ma with Octavia Spencer is coming out May 31st. Child's Play June 21st. Annabelle Comes Home, uh, comes, home comes out June 26th. And an interesting one called Midsummer is coming out July 3rd. It's about like a pagan cult, kind of a Wicker Man vibe to it. Interesting. Yeah, looks pretty interesting. July third. So that's uh, it for horror movie news. We have some uh, Friday the Thirteenth horror uh, movie related trivia today. Yeah, I was giving some thought. I mean, it's the thirteenth, mm-hmm. so Friday the Thirteenth, one that's, of the most iconic horror movies ever. Yep, it's the thirteenth episode, even though it's May twenty fourth. But <laughs> okay, so, so I, I'll preface this question by saying, you know what an adjuster gross is, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That uh, they, they'll consider. 
what the ticket sales were back in the day to what they are today. So sure. it's adjusted gross of what okay. the movie would have looked like. So my question is, what is the highest grossing Friday the 13th movie ever? Uh, let's see. We're counting any of the entries or just the ones. Right. And okay. also remember, adjusted gross. Oh, okay. Uh, how about Jason versus Freddy? Freddy versus Jason. That was very close. Okay. Very close. At okay. number two, okay. uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, $123,454,400. Okay. Technically, the original from 1980, no adjusted gross would have been $133,155,700 wow, at the box that's, office. That's amazing. I did not know that. Okay. So here's an obscure question. <laughs> sure. Who was the famous actor or the most known actor nowadays in that movie? In the first one? Yes. Was Kevin Bacon in that? It was it Kevin was Bacon. It was Kevin Bacon. Okay, that was the one he was in, right? <laughs> okay. Uh, J- no, Johnny Depp was in um, Nightmare on Elm Street. He was. So, yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, my Friday the 13th uh, horror movie trivia question is, after after Friday the 13th, 7, The New Blood, and 8, Jason Takes Manhattan, what were the titles of the next two film and t- films in the series? Okay, Jason Takes Manhattan, so it must have been... Um was it Jason Goes to Hell and Jason X? You are correct. It was yeah. Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday, which was a lie, and Jason X, the space film. Oh, we reviewed uh, that one. Then, Fre- Yeah, we did. <laughs> then Freddy versus Jason, actually. Uh, and that was because it, it wasn't, the, Friday the 13th was not in the title because uh, New Line Cinema was unable to legally include Friday the 13th in the film's title as Paramount title, uh, Pictures still own that trademark title. Uh, in 2009, if you remember right, Paramount released a film I remember being fairly good that kind of rebooted it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember there being like some of the same, like that a sleeping bag kill in it. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, it was okay, and it made made kind of a lot of money. But yeah. uh, that was uh, the first one to have the Friday the Thirteenth title since uh, uh, Jason Takes Manhattan. Yeah, so. I just thought it was interesting of how much mo- money that movie actually made. That yeah. how how hungry people were for that movie, even the sequels, because they came out with so many sequels, even though right. they were terrible to watch. Oh, yeah. But people went out there. Okay, so you want to prove you're the ultimate horror movie fan? I'll try. He, sure. He donned the iconic hockey mask. In what movie? Uh, that's the third one? It is the yeah, third one. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. From 1982. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's when he He did. wasn't the killer in the first one. Nope. He wore a burlap sack in the second one. And then- One uh, of his victims was a hockey player, wasn't correct. it? Yeah. Yeah, dug through <laughs> and then put it on. And that was the yep. 3D one, so. <laughs> Yep, that's right. <laughs> well, <clears throat> we talked about this last week, and I didn't think it was going to be so- uh, I don't want to say it was emotional for me, but it was just I had a very um, kind of just kind of a- Mixed reaction to the movie Mandy from 2018 starring Nicolas Cage. You, t- okay. you, you challenged me to watch it, and I did. Right. Okay. Now, I, I've i gone back and forth on this movie, too. I think it's very... Your, your opinion can really change on it. I think it's going to be one of these cult movies that uh, your opinion kind of changes the more you watch it. And I've only seen it one time. Uh, and, you know, in thinking about it, I went back and forth between do do I really like this movie or don't I? You know. Well, that was the thing. I mean, again, it's I I don't say I hated it, but the only best way I could describe it to to give it umph of how I really feel about it, it's a love hate relationship with this movie, and I, I think it's already established itself as a cult classic. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a ninety one percent. Yeah, that I saw that. Uh-huh. Uh, just they they loved it. They, they, and a lot of people love this movie. 
and I, like, I don't get it. You know, I, I, I felt that kind of felt like, uh, like the first time I saw Napoleon Dynamite, I felt like I was watching like an inside joke that uh, I didn't get. Okay. And I kind of feel the same way about Mandy. It's like I'm not understanding what's so great about this movie in, in some ways, you know? it's Yeah, it's funny you say that because maybe if I watch it again, maybe it's just one of those things that, that I miss something. Well, but- and that, that's kind of my thought is that maybe the more you watch it, the better it gets. Because I felt the same way. Like when I, when I got done watching it the first time and I saw it, I don't know, a couple months ago, actually. Um, I was like, well, that was, I'm glad I watched it, but yeah. is it my new favorite movie? No. Um, and you know, I had heard, like I had heard that this was Nick Cage's best performance in years. A lot of professional critics really felt that way. Uh, and I, I guess I was expecting him to turn in this, uh, incredible performance that wasn't like a Nick Cagey and it was really Nick, like Nicholas Cage over the top Nicholas Cage. You, well, it, you had said that, but that's what I loved mm-hmm. about it. Okay. Um, and, and yeah. it was a yeah. phenomenal performance. I, I'll mm-hmm. just give the real quick synopsis. It's yeah, set in 1983 sure. in the Pacific Northwest, probably Oregon somewhere. Nick Cage is a yep. lumberjack guy. Married to a woman, they live in their own little cabin. They're uh, stalked by a sinister group of cultists. Right. Um, and it goes from there. It's a revenge film, like you said. And we can get more into this. I would suggest, um, spoiler alert. Oh, yeah. It, um, right. Pause the so, podcast right now because we're going to get right. really into this film. Um, so there, know, right. Again, so, there's a lot of great things to it. Exactly. And I think it does a lot of interesting things. Mm-hmm. Um and there's uh, there's there's two parts of this movie. I think the beginning is very different than the ending right. or, or the, uh, the, the the second half, I should say, the second act, whatever you want to say. Right. And it's uh, it's kind of um, split in two by this uh, commercial that we were talking about, the, the uh, Cheddar Goblin commercial. Mm-hmm. Uh, once the Cheddar Goblin commercial comes on, it kind of turns into this different kind of revenge film, I think. It's, it's very different feeling to it so yeah I, I, i'll tell you this is, is <laughs> just starting out in the beginning i love the fact that they kind of used the formula that stranger things does mm-hmm. where it's set in the 80s right and they have everything around in the 80s even the way it's filmed you because you had mentioned last week that this thing has a really great use of color and i mm-hmm. agree with that yeah because there's a lot of reds there's a lot of blues there's I, whatever the mood is you know there, there's a smoke screen of what you don't know what's going on. And I think it's very symbolic of what's going on in the movie. I couldn't tell you exactly what that meant. I mean, to me, the red always meant something bad was going to happen. Sure. Um, there was a lot of 80s references, which I grew up. Yeah, me too. In, in the 80s. And, you know, Motley Crue shirt, a Black yep. Sabbath shirt. Yep. Noticing that. Um, I love the homage to Friday the 13th. I don't know if you caught that. Yeah, they, they lived on Crystal Lake. On uh, Crystal Lake, yeah. <laughs> right. and, yeah, uh, and, and it was set in 1983, and admittedly, and, and me too, I'm a child of the of the 80s and early 90s. Um, I think there were some, some of these references were just so obscure, and, and you had to be like just part of a certain subset of 80s culture to get them though right. you know like i don't know uh, i've heard th- there's a song by starless by this uh, band king crimson that kind of yep. tarps off well I, I never really listened to that uh, band so but i've heard people who who really love that band and they just were beside themselves b- with this yeah absolutely well and to me i i noticed something weird i i don't recall ever having automatic windows yeah. Right, and and I got the so oh, yeah okay go like, ahead like, like when they're in the they're in the right. van they're waiting for that, yeah. that group of uh, four wheeler guys the, the mm-hmm. demons I guess right they're 
Um, the guy's like playing with the window as if there was an. I don't remember in '83 having automatic. They're always the crank down windows yeah. in this old beat up van. Yeah, until the '90s, we had them. I mean, and it was like, yeah, it was an old beat up van. Maybe they had that kind of stuff. Some conversion vans are pretty uh, tricked out in the '80s. I remember that, but, yeah. but yeah, I, I, and that's that's a thing. I, I kind of got the idea. I, I didn't understand sometimes why this was set in the '80s. It didn't have a real '80s feel to me, and I don't think being in the '80s necessarily added to the plot. It wasn't like, uh, you know. If you set something in uh, 1969 and it's all about the politics and things going on at mm-hmm. that time, I got the feeling this could have been set in in the year 2010 and just done the 80s stuff as like kind of uh, retro nostalgia. Right. It it, it it I didn't get the idea that this needed to be put in is set in the 80s or that having it in the 80s added anything to the story. I I don't think it really did. I I, I disagree only because of the the feel to it was okay. darker. I mean, there wasn't that that big vibrant. Uh, yeah, there was some CGI used in this, but it wasn't. You're right; it didn't add to the story. But I got this feeling of, of some of the score, some of the, some of the uh, music yeah. to it was really sure. kind of '80s. A lot of electronica, kind of as these mm-hmm. these uh, new wave bands were coming out. So I kind of got that feelings. I thought it was kind of cool. The nostalgia of it was cool. Um, yeah, and there's there's a lot of really obscure stuff. Uh, there's that like animated sequence and he pulls out a green light from one of the corpses. Well, that's like a reference to heavy metal, the movie, which yep, is one of my favorite, heavy, uh, favorite, favorite movies. Um, the ax he makes is the logo of Celtic frost, which is not a band I'm real familiar with, but you know, there's a lot of these things where I think if you went back and watch it again, like I said, watch it over and over and over again, you'd catch these things and it would become a lot cooler to you. you yeah. Know what I mean? it, it, see, and, that, and we're jumping around here, but yeah. the, one of the things that bothered me, how in the heck did he know how to ma- yield a weapon? Yeah, where did that come from? I, I don't care. Yeah, I, there was no explanation. <laughs> no. I, I get it. He was a lumberjack, so he knows mm-hmm. how to use an axe. That's great. Or a chainsaw. Right. But he, but make an axe? I mean, Yeah, I, he wielded one like like it's the Middle Ages. And right. it's like, what? where did that come from? Yeah. I, it was cool looking, by the way. It, it was pretty cool looking. The chainsaw fight, I, I mean, I don't know. Uh you don't think that was an homage to I, Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Yeah, police? sure. Like uh, Motel Dude. Hell. We we just put up a uh, picture of Motel Hell on yeah. the Facebook page. Uh, Chains, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, Phantasm 2 had one yeah. as well. Yep. Uh, and I don't know if you ever used a chainsaw, but I think that would go a lot differently in real life. <laughs> but it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really... I'll suspend my disbelief if you're going to have a chainsaw fight in a movie. Yeah. So, so we, this movie starts out... They're being stalked by this uh, this cult, like we talked about. The mm-hmm. leader's name is Jeremiah, kind of a unruly guy. Just you know, this this character that's he's a failed musician. Yeah, he's kind of flamboyant. Yep. Um, I think he's supposed to kind of um, evoke a Charles Manson kind of feel. Cause yeah, exactly. Manson because the, right. the cult wasn't very big. Right. Uh, basically, they're driving in this van. They see Nicholas Cage's wife. Uh, Jeremiah becomes obsessed. With uh, Nicholas Cage's wife, and ends up kidnapping her. Right. So, but but then they bring in this group of we talked about the demons. Uh, it's just these guys that are almost in masks. What yeah. what were they drinking in that one scene? I don't I don't know. <laughs> you remember um, that where yeah. where the guy drugs chugs it through his mask and it just comes through. Yeah. Anyways, these guys go to the house, uh, end up ransacking the place taking the wife over to jeremiah and then what was the chemist yeah uh yeah mm-hmm. richard brake yeah. i love yep. that guy that guy is fantastic <laughs> yeah. he he did a really good uh he was a really good character in um 
Rob Zombie's 31. Okay. He played the main antagonist, and he was so good. Just a creepy, tall, lanky guy. Just, you know, you, he, he probably gets typecast in every movie as the antagonist. Um, you didn't see him very much, but he plays no. the chemist. Right. And making this drug that, you know, makes people who hallucinate. Um, the wife ends up laughing because we won't say what the guy did. But yeah. <laughs> the guy, the, the, the cult leader ends up killing her and then setting her on fire. While well, I think, was, I think she uh, laughed at that, but also uh, uh, like made fun of his music as well which oh really yeah that's upset right him. that's right he played it on the background that, that really upset him i guess is what really what i think really set him off so <laughs> oh man and then um and like you said it it's nicholas cage is tortured and you know just becomes vengeful that the, the goblin thing happens and right. then all of a sudden yeah i think it's the third act because then it all of a sudden it's bam non-stop revenge yeah you know you're right i mean there's it's more like three acts, you're right, in Cheddar Goblin. Yeah, so he goes after all the people that, mm-hmm. you know, led up to the murder of his wife, including these demon guys. So so here was my problem with it, is these guys were almost like paid help, but mm-hmm. but demon, de- demonic. Yeah, I got but the idea they, they were summoned to demons. Is that is yeah, that that's right? What I thought, but they lived in this okay. crappy house, and then all of yeah. a sudden he got, he got captured by them. He has his, na- his hand nailed, and he's... He gets his hands out of the chains, and and these guys are nothing. I mean, it was right. like they they put up no kind of fight. There was no kind, nothing that happened. Like for me, Nicolas Cage's character was awesome mm-hmm. because it would happen to anybody. If something happened to your wife or your significant other, and that you had to watch that, right? You would either like, sh- you know, shut everybody out, or you would become revengeful just like he is. Right. And you're right. It's Nicolas Cage at 11. Yeah. Nicolas Cage at the most extreme you've ever seen him, but you understood why. And I thought it was a brilliant performance because he went through every range of emotion with no care in the world. And I thought yeah. it was great. Oh, I think it absolutely worked to uh, his style perfectly. And, and, and it did. Like that scene after after he got out, which, which you're talking about, mm-hmm. it, it's it's it works his his whole you know overacting kind of thing that he does it really worked in that scene um and uh and and the the whole thing kind of kind of worked to him where you know like in we talked about the wicker man before i think it ruined it uh it works in this film and and i think it works also because of the way the director um cosm what's the guy's name again uh panos cosmatos i think is his name mm-hmm. uh the direct i think the way the director does all of this stuff with color and all of that kind of thing it it if, if it was just Nicolas Cage like doing that in in like uh and it wasn't the cinematography and everything wasn't right I don't, I don't think it would work as well either so I think Panos Cosmatos really kind of helps him with with uh with it with the kind of picture he paints in this movie yeah I I see that I I see the cinematography really helping but mm-hmm. it's just his character went somewhere. You saw where this was going. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the revenge scenes were actually pretty cool, but then you look back and you're just like, why? Why is there no fight? And, and it's like, like, okay, so you get this cult leader. Well, I'm just going to jump to the end. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. I, I'm going to jump right. to the end of of the cult leader because yep. he Nicholas Cage finds where the house is. He ends up finding them again, most through everybody, including the right hand man. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, the, the cult leader's there naked 
and Nicolas Cage just takes him out. I mean, right. it, it, and there was like, you know, and he's he's cowering. He's like, oh, please don't do right. this. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's what irritated me. I mean, yeah. it, it, it was like, if I were going to reshoot the film, I would have made the cult leader the most heinous person on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could have done such a twist ending to it to where it's like Nicolas Cage didn't make it. And that, to me, would have been a perfect movie. Sure. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. He got his revenge. And every, people wanted to see it because of what they did. But they did it wrong. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, and I, I could see that. I think um, maybe they were... He wasn't meant to... His his superpower, if you will, was his charisma and his ability to get other people to do things for him, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And... And I think that is uh, maybe what he kind of thrived on, and that's why he he was so angry about his wife when she wasn't seduced by his music and his whole whole charismatic thing. And I think he was meant to be kind of weak, otherwise, you know. That maybe that was meant to show that he that was his his power was his charisma. And once you took that away from him, he was he was a pretty weak guy. Right. I agree. It did not make the revenge very satisfying though. No. It, it was, and, and I know exactly what you're saying and I would rather see what you're talking about. Uh, it, it was, it was a little bit unsatisfying to see him at Jeremiah Sands end so quickly like that. Yeah. So, uh, well, I, I get exactly what you're saying. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think the one revenge scene was one of the muscle, the, the, the guy, the, the, um, chainsaw scene that we were mm-hmm. talking about. You know, I thought that was actually kind of a cool scene. It was, it was. And like I said, anytime you have a chainsaw scene, I'll suspend my disbelief for you. To... Yeah, the, the way the guy went out and just fell on it <laughs> right. with the chain, and yeah. I was like, yeah, that was, that, cool. that, that, that was very cool. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I, I don't, I mean, the movie, this isn't one of those movies that's trying to say anything. There isn't some kind of metaphor here. I, I, I think, wasn't looking for that either. No, and, and I don't think, I think what he was trying to do is paint some kind of, art with video and sound it was like a more of a visual art that he was trying to do with his movie than say anything necessarily mm. uh with through the characters or whatever and i think it accomplishes that it's it's a very visual it's something you can't like you can't just read a synopsis of this and get what the movie is about right. you know you need to actually see what the director did here how nicholas cage's acts in this movie it's it's very much a film it's not like you could take a and novelize this and get the, get anything out of it you know it'd be it's it's not a great a story and you know the it's what what the art of the movie is i think is the way it's directed and the the acting and the and the whole visual representation of everything in this movie. Yeah. So you're right. I but there was no rhyme to the re- or reason to the way the characters were No, I agree. I, and and uh, except Nicolas Cage, I I'll say this, the way it sets up mm-hmm. is brilliant. Because it is that slow burn. You get to know the yeah. characters. I mean, you don't get to know a lot. Uh, you learn a little bit about the the wife at the beginning. She had a troubled life, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know they're living out there in complete obscurity, and he's just you know he's a blue collar lumberjack, and she's you know she's at home. You don't necessarily know what she does, but you know it, it's like you get that, and then they're just they're terrorized by this cult for no reason except that Jeremiah has an asphyxiation for her. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, I'm going to kidnap her. She's going to become part of me and become one of us. One yeah. Of which, us. yeah, one of us. Oh, I, I, and I, and I, we, we discussed this the last week with the Halloween too. I think that's a really 
terrifying thing. You know, this guy just fixates on you. You don't know him from anyone. You're leading your own little life. You've done nothing to deserve this. And this person comes along, fixates you uh, and uh, fixates on you and has to have you, you know, Uh, I think that's a really effective thing. And, you know, that's that's kind of what the story of Halloween changed to with the with the reboot uh, once they threw out all the, all the other movies and the stuff that they said. And I think that's a, I like that. I really did like that. But uh, uh, yeah, I think as, as a whole, again, maybe I watched this movie five, six more times and in 10 years I have a totally different opinion of it, but just the watching it one time and, you know, getting what I did out of it, it, it is, it's, it's, I vacillate between, did I really like this or did I just like, you know, what they were doing in this scene? And well, you, and, and funny behind the scenes thing is as soon as I watched it and I had a few adult beverages <laughs> while I was watching it, I got mad. I, I, because, because again, I started this off by, it was a love hate thing and I got onto Facebook and I tagged Andy in it, and Andy goes, "Uh oh, what's going on? <laughs> right. what, what do I have to expect for?" And that's what it is. I, I mean, to me, there there was some really good things that I loved about it, mm-hmm. and I, I, I really enjoyed. Yeah. But then there are things that I really got angry with. It's just why, right, right. You know, no. it's not. It, it, they could have they they could have gone some direction, but they didn't. Right. No, I I agree with you. And and, and I think I I don't remember what I said about this last week when I I said, I think I said, oh, I really liked it. Well, I I think I changed my mind. (laughs) I don't know know that I when I thought about it, I didn't really like it. I I remember being done with it and and being like, well, that was worth a watch. I'm glad I watched it. Mm -hmm. And again, it's not my favorite movie. The, it's very very satis, very unsatisfying with the with the revenge part of it uh, at the end um, but I think there's some it's something to watch and it's something to have you know have witnessed and I'm glad that I checked it out I I, I think uh, there's things in here that are very different and uh, it's it's something to see you're gonna you're gonna find this hard to believe but I agree okay. Okay, I, I agree. People need to watch this. Yeah, exactly, and that um, and that was my my point. In in, I I wasn't trying to tell you it's my new favorite movie. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I, but it's you need to watch this. You know, to, you need to witness this to see what's going on. I don't know. Yeah, if you haven't watched it yet, I, I'm with Andy on this. Of watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you'll see some really cool things, especially if you're a child of the '80s. Yeah, you know, I was born right. in '76, and '80 I was four, so I I. Mm-hmm. I spent my childhood in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So the things I saw were great. The the score of it, to me, was brilliant. Yeah. And the use of color. I mean, it's like, it was Suspiria is a 70s movie, but yeah. I love the way the vibrant colors. I yeah, mean, I think the, it, exactly. It, it really does use uh, color in the same way Suspiria did. It's it's very vibrant and, and uh, that adds to it. So. It represents what's going to happen. You know, it's very, mm-hmm. very foreshadowing of, of what's going to happen or what's going on at the moment. Um, I think it's great. I, I think the acting was good, but it was just the characters to me didn't go anywhere. And I know exactly what you're saying. Why? I mean, you're just, are you, are you doing this to piss me off? I, 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 I didn't get it. I, I didn't right. understand why uh, I, I could go on this for forever. We're, I mean, we're at 27 minutes and yeah. I just, I okay. just did the biggest rant of my life. What would you give it? All right. Uh, I think I gave it two and a half stars. The visuals were really amazing. I am getting a little sick of an eighties nostalgia. I was, I'm a little bit older than you, but, uh, 
I, so I'm, I'm a child of the 80s as well, but uh, this had some really obscure stuff in it. And, and it, it's like, all right, enough with the 80s nostalgia now, you know? Uh, well, just think about it. Another 10 years, they're going to, nostalgia is going to be the 90s. In the, in the 90s, we're going to have to deal with, uh, with uh, like vanilla ice and stuff, right? <laughs> so. I, I almost gave it a one and a half, but I. Really? Okay. I'm going to give it a two. I think uh, that's fair, man. I, I know where you're coming from here. I give it a two. I, I give it a two and a half because uh, I think it is very, very different here. What uh, Panos Cosmatos did here was was not. It's not like anything else you'll you'll ever see, and you have to see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would like I said, I would recommend that you see it. I don't know that you're going to like it, but it's something to see. It's a spectacle to see. So, I'm surprised we did a whole show about this only because, <laughs> but I think it invo- it'll invoke something in you. I agree. Mm-hmm. Whether you really, really liked it or you really, really didn't like it. Like right. for Andy, he, he's torn just like I am. It's just like there were things I liked. There were mm-hmm. things I didn't like. Mm-hmm. So uh, give it a watch if you're listening to this and then comment back uh, with how you felt about it. Did, did it invoke? Was it just like, eh? But right. you got to sit through the whole thing. Seriously. It's, oh, you do. It yeah. starts off really slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, halfway through, it picks up. And then all of a sudden, the revenge happens and it's bam. It's nonstop with that. Right. So. You know, that's an exciting part of it. So, again, if you're listening to this, please comment on our Facebook page and let us know what you thought. Did it invoke that kind of emotion? Uh, what score would you give it? Absolutely. Then, I'd, be, I'd be real interested to hear what uh, other people think of this thing. So, Absolutely. Um, so we mm-hmm. talked about at the beginning of this is uh, how many people have liked our Facebook page, uh-huh. uh, which we right. appreciate. Yes. So share it with your friends. Continue <laughs> right. to do it. Uh, mm-hmm. We're not going to set the goal of having a thousand by next week, mm-hmm. but. That would be cool if we did, right? But but you you did some research on some of these people. Yeah, that so are I'm looking at some of uh, some of the people who are our fans, and uh, you guys uh, looks like some real hardcore MFs, I guess. So <laughs> you know, and we've talked about this before. John and I are not real huge fans of uh, like what we call torture porns, right? Uh, you know, at one time I was, um, and I think. But I think, you know, and we've said it before, we do our listeners a disservice if we, if we don't review these films and look at them from a fan kind of perspective. Uh, so I kind of went back in my mindset. Uh, when I was a teenager, uh, I just want to watch the most hardcore stuff, you know. Right. Uh, these movies really had an impact on I me. Mean, you, know, you know, occasionally you'll mention a movie like... Uh, that I saw in like the theater, like the uh, reboot of um, Nightmare on Elm Street. I can't remember one scene in that movie, you know? Yeah. Uh, the one with... Uh, what was his name? Jackie Haley or whatever is Freddie Haley. Yeah. Jack Earl Haley is Freddie. I don't remember one scene in it. I saw that like in the theater about nine years ago. I don't remember any of it. I can remember every single scene of faces of death, <laughs> uh, every my minutia of that movie. And I, and I have, I can guarantee I haven't seen the movie for 30 years. These movies have an impact. Uh, and I also remember every excruciating second of, uh, 1979's I spent on your grave, you know? Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> So well, those uh, are the types of movies we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this is what we're talking about. Like movies that are kind of marginalized. Uh, they call they're called torture porns. Yeah, hardcore horror movies, you know, hardcore violent horror movies. Uh, I So one of the things I did, and I know a lot of you are fans of it out there, actually. Uh, I had to order it because I guess no streaming service wants this thing on their network. Uh, the most infamous horror movie I've ever heard of uh, called A Serbian Film. I've heard about it. <laughs> I, know, I know the plot. <laughs> Don't yep. want to watch it. Yep. I, I, I had to get it on DVD uh, to get the full uncut version of it. Uh, the Blu-ray wasn't quite full uncut. Uh, it's a 2010 movie, widely known as the most awful film ever in f- terms of torture and violence. Uh, and I also watched Martyrs, which is a 2008 French film, which we both 
we both saw. I like it. I, I liked it too. Uh, brutal in a very different way than Serbian film. I'm going to surprise you and they're, I'm not going to, you know, I, I've been listening to a lot of other podcasts about movies uh, and some of them, like when, when they're talking about a Serbian film, it's a bunch of bros just saying, you know, this is awful. Don't watch this movie. It's terrible. Uh, an actual quote that I heard on a, on a podcast about a Serbian film, a guy said, if you like this film, you're an a-hole, you know? What? And, 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 and you know, so basically what they're saying on some of these podcasts, and these are younger people, you know, uh, the, younger than you and I, they're saying that, uh, that it really, what they're saying is that it should be banned. You know, no one should watch this movie. If you watch this movie, you're a deviant, you know. And uh, what's happened is that this film is completely disregarded because of some very aberrant material in the in the movie, you know, that people can't get past. Right. So go ahead. Here's what I'll say is that Andy has said this on numerous occasions is that you're not deprived if you watch this movie. Right. You're not a deprived person. Yeah. You may be curious about it. Right. For me. I know the synopsis of this movie. Mm-hmm. I will never watch it in my life. And that's fine, you know. And I will never discourage anybody from seeing it. Because that's for exactly. me, it's like, hey, I've seen I've I've seen movies like this. So mm-hmm. it's not my cup of tea. It's well, not it's not my favorite. So I'm exactly. not going to seek out there might be one night I have a few beers and go, you know what? Hey, a Serbian film's on. I'll watch it and regret every minute of it. I don't think a Serbian film's going to just be on. Well, you have to hunt for I, this just, thing. And there me. you go. So I'm good. <laughs> so, but I think, you know, what, what happens is there's uh, some scenes, some things, some very aberrant material in there. And like one guy basically admitted that he had his hands over his eyes after a certain scene. And he completely, he you know, when he when he tried to review the next scene in the movie, he completely misunderstood what was even going on because he was just obviously in such a state of shock from what happened that he couldn't pay attention to the movie anymore. Well, and I don't know that, may, I'm not sure if anyone really enjoys a film like this. Uh, I think there are things that you can find interesting about these movies. Uh, but the point is that what I'm trying to say is that just because you find these interesting or even enjoy them doesn't mean that you uh, endorse this aberrant material that's going that's, on in here. You know, exactly I mean, right. it doesn't mean I, I uh, you know, I uh, I don't endorse serial killers or, or stalking and scalping women, but I like Maniac. You know, and that's a pretty, pretty aberrant movie. Uh, So I think, uh, you know, what a lot of people say is that these films have no value, you know, and I disagree with that. I think there are value in in it. There's a there's a lot of value in both films. And I'll I'll tell you why next week. Uh, So we're not just going to dismiss them. We're going to talk about them. We're going to give them a fair shot. We're going to talk about what they did well. And, uh, you know, these are both horror movies. There's some stuff that they don't do so great as well. That's always kind of the way. But I want fans of these films to know that they can expect us to view these things objectively and have a real discussion that doesn't insult them uh, when we talk about them. Well, yeah, I think you're right. Is that we're... We're not going to get into too much detail because some of the stuff is very, very oh, it's, kind of offensive. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely, yeah. But but mm-hmm. we'll find you know what what they did wrong, what they did right. Not necessarily right. Mm-hmm. go into detail of what they did. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's what yeah. we'll do. You know what? A hundred percent fan appreciation. So that's absolutely. I think I think that's what right. we're going to do for next episode. Right. Episode right. number fourteen is those hardcore horror movie fans right. of of the the most shocking yes um, movies. And, and I was one of them at one time. And I'll tell you what kind of next week I'll tell you what kind of got me out of that and why I started watching other things. Um, 
it was like, you know, when I was a teenager, I was like, you know, some people say they can't, they couldn't finish this film. Oh yeah, let me see that. You know, and, and oh, I, yeah, and I it. Yeah. And I don't know that it makes you immature to think that way. It's just, it's just, that was that there, you know, I think you could be a fan of this, this kind of stuff. And, and I, I think it's, it's, there could be some healthy reasons that you're a fan of this stuff too, you know, uh, to, and, and I, I think that, you know, neither of these are five star films, but I think you'll be surprised what I give, uh, what I give, uh, a Serbian film. Yeah. And, and uh, <laughs> we are, uh, we're, we're going to hit a couple more. So, uh, make mm-hmm. sure you tune in to yep. episode number 14 of the horror Foria podcast. And he's absolutely. Got one and then I want to remind everybody to give us their suggestions for episode 20. That's right. Uh, we were, we were looking for the films you want us to review. We're going to, we're going to do. Maybe it's a maybe it's a film like this. Maybe it's a film like a Serbian film, something like that. That's uh, hard to find. That's really out there. Thanks, we will watch thanks, it for you. Thanks for we'll putting it out it there, you. Andy. Thanks and for we, putting it out there. Okay, if you suggest a Serbian <laughs> film, I suppose I got to borrow Andy's. You can borrow my copy of a Serbian oh, film. Uh, I, I do know somebody that's going to make some suggestions. Okay, Karina's great. sister. Oh, great. Okay, she, she's got a couple of movies, and she'll comment. Uh, but yeah, anybody else? Please, please make some absolutely uh, suggestions of what we should watch for episode number 20 coming up in about a month and a half. Thanks for listening. Have a great Memorial Day weekend and we'll talk to you at